Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Still, and I am so excited that you're joining us today. I pray that what we chat about will help you to stand firm in your beliefs, own your crown, and love like Jesus. Wow, we're on episode four. It seems like we've been at this longer because I am loving using this platform to help you live out a pineapple principle life. And I just want to take a minute to say thank you. Thank you for entrusting me to encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. You know, I actually had a whole other podcast for today. But after the events that have and are taking place in our country, I felt like I needed to do a last minute recording on um, to talk to you today about loving like Jesus. And I've been praying that I say the right words and that you'll see the true feelings of my heart. You know, the racism and the riots in our country, that they've caused me to be heartbroken. They've caused me to be angry. And I'm kind of in a little disbelief that we as a society, it's 2020, and we're still treating someone different because of the color of their skin. And I, as a Christian, I can't stay silent. You know, I wish this would all just stop and go away, that everybody would live in peace. But it's going to take a lot more than wishing because the only thing I know for sure that will change the way people are is the love of Jesus. And if you've listened to previous podcasts, you know the third core value in living a pineapple principle life is loving like Jesus. And that's what I want to dig into today. Be sweet on the inside, or as I say, loving like Jesus is the third part of the devotional book where I talk about the three times in my life that I was bullied. You know, when I face my bullies with love and kindness and praying. Um, And the verse that I use in that chapter is 1 Corinthians 16, 14, that says, Let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. And I've talked about how I was bullied those three times. And the first time I was probably around four or five. And when I complained to my dad, his response was, You need to be friends with everyone and be nice to people. Because I said I didn't want to play with her and I didn't like her. So that's what I did. And she stopped bullying me. And I know it's not always that easy. You know, in the other two times it lasted quite a bit longer. But I faced them both with kindness and eventually it stopped. But in the meantime, it didn't feel good. I didn't like the way it made me feel. And when it happened in the sixth grade, she even had my friends turn their back on me. And I was excluded from a lot of stuff. You know, it felt horrible. I felt sad. I felt lonely. You know, and I was also picked on a lot because I was a tall, lanky girl for my age. And, you know, I was always one of the tallest ones in the class. And I'm going to be honest here, I had no chest. All my classmates started maturing in their bodies, but not me. And I have, like, crazy curly hair. And I'm not a hair girl. Like, I can't, and I still don't spend hours on my hair. Like, I'm going to be honest if I could pay somebody to blow out, do me a, do a blowout on my hair every week, I would do it. Like, like I don't like doing my hair. But anyways, so I got picked on a lot because of how my hair looked. And I was always super thin, you know, even into my 20s. So I was picked on a lot for that. You know, even after I went through respiratory um, school and I was working in the hospital, I still had coworkers who would give me a hard time about my weight make fun of me, say inappropriate things. And finally, one day, it just kind of came out, y'all. Like, uh, I just was like, said, listen. I looked at them and I said, I don't sit around and talk about how fat people are, so I'd appreciate it if we didn't talk about how thin I am all the time. 
So, but anyways, you know, I'm in no way comparing how I was treated to how my black friends or any black person has been treated. But, you know, how I was treated and how I was bullied, it made me realize I didn't like being treated that way. And I don't want to make other people feel that way. And I also remember in Sunday school as a young girl, because I think I started going to church when I was like three weeks old. My grandparents started taking me to church. So I grew up in Sunday school. And I remember learning the golden rule, which was do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that actually comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 31. And in the CEB version of um, the Bible, which is the common English Bible, it says, treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. Plain and simple. Treat people how you want them to treat you. And you know, and then one of my favorite songs that we used to sing was Jesus Loves the Little Children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. And I sincerely feel that these values that I was taught as a child and my dad teaching me to be friends with everyone, you know, it sparked a love for people. And I think God took that spark and he made it a big flame of love for people. Am I perfect? Nope. Have the wrong words come out of my mouth before? Oh, yeah. Have I hurt someone's feelings? Yeah, I have. I hate to say it, but I have. But I genuinely have a love for the human race. Because, and I want to show that love towards others. I want them to know how much Jesus loves them. So I do that with my actions and my words. You know, over in Matthew 22, it says um, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second part of that is love your neighbor like you love yourself. And it doesn't matter the color of their skin. And I'm going to go a step further. It doesn't matter how much money they have or if they have a cool new cell phone or if they drive a car. We should love everybody, period. And I know some people make it hard for them to love because I've been there. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't love them. My job is to love them, not judge them. So I want to spend a little time talking about some Bible verses that show how God puts value on everyone. He's the only one who can determine our worth. And even though I joke all the time and say I'm his favorite, he loves us all the same. And in Genesis 1, 27, in that CEB version still, it says God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. Nowhere does it say a color. And no matter what version you read, it says male and female. That's it. He created us in one of two ways. We're a boy or a girl. We're a male or a female. We're a man or a woman. That's it. That's how he created us. Just like that. Man and woman. Then over in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 17 through 19, it says, Because the Lord your God is the God of all gods and the Lord of all lords, the great, mighty, and awesome God who doesn't play favorites and doesn't take bribes, he enacts justice for orphans and widows and he loves immigrants, giving them food and clothing. That means you must also love immigrants because you are immigrants of Egypt. Did you guys catch that? The awesome God who doesn't play favorites and he doesn't take bribes. 
And then I want to switch over to the message version on these next few version, versions. I, um, you know, I like to read and I sometimes I really enjoy the message version because it's to me, it's like um, reading a book, like reading a regular book. Um, and over in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, Peter's talking and he says, it's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel. I love it. God's own truth. Nothing can be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. Then if we go over to Galatians chapter 3 in verses 28 and 29, it says, In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendants. Do you guys get that? We're um, equal, male and female, Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, whatever. We are all equal, equal. We are all equal. And I think my favorite is over in Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. It says, I looked again and I saw a huge crowd, too huge to count, and everyone was there, all nations and tribes, all races and language. And they were standing, dressed in white robes and waving palm branches, standing before the throne and the Lamb and heartily singing. Did you guys catch that? Everyone was there, all nations and tribes, all races and languages. There's not going to be corners for each skin color in heaven. We're going to be all one big family together. Remember? Red and yellow, black and white. They are all precious in his sight. So, you know, y'all have heard me talk um, Disney probably in every episode so far. Um, so if you haven't caught on, I'm a little Disney crazy. So bear with me. This is going somewhere. But I was having a conversation this past week about the riots and racism with someone at work. And this person made the comment that we as a society, we still make white seem more beautiful. He's from India. So, you know, that means he is darker skin, but he has a five-year-old daughter who thinks that white is beautiful and black is not. Because 99% of those Disney princesses are white. And I'm going to be honest, my jaw hit the floor. I never stopped enough to think about it until he said it. You know, I realized it. I, I watch the movies. I go to the parks. But I just really never thought about it. And I never thought about what that was saying to young girls. And it needs to change. And believe me, I'm going to be writing a letter to Disney about it. And you know, I'm, I'm upset with myself because I, you know, for not thinking about that message that was being sent and that I didn't speak out sooner about it. Um, because if I'm going to have fun at Disney, I want them to be promoting that a Disney princess can be any skin color. Um, you know, I've never been accused of being a racist, 
But by me not speaking out sooner, I'm still part of the problem. I need to be a voice for the black community. If I say I love like Jesus, I need to have that empathy for them. And, you know, and I'm, I am mad and upset with myself and I'm really super sorry that I haven't spoken out sooner, that I didn't pay attention to something so simple that was putting out a message to young girls, you know, and I want you to stop and think about how you're reacting to what's going on in our country. Like stop and think about what is going on in your, um, in your little circle. Um, what can you do to step up and make a change? You know, I'm going to put some books and movies in the show notes that I would highly recommend you to read or watch if you're not a reader um, to educate yourself on racism and what our, um, the black community has been through so that you can speak out for others also. And I'm going to pull a Mama Sherry right here. And if your friends all look like you, that's where you need to start. It's just not about your friend's skin color being different than yours either. It's also having friends who have different economic backgrounds than you or interests than you. If you're on the science team or if you're on the cheer team, but you don't have friends on the opposite teams, think about that. As a church, we need to show diversity. And if our inner circle looks just like us, then that's the first thing we need to change. We also need to speak out for others. We don't have to yell and scream or riot, but we can peacefully stand with them and speak out for them because the Bible tells us to. And a change needs to start with us. We live in a world where not everyone loves like Jesus or even has a relationship with God. And we need to be that light in the dark world. So I'm going to challenge you to dig into these scriptures I talked about. Them, along with some books and movies, will be listed in the show notes like I mentioned. Educate yourself. But the biggest challenge I give you is to look at your inner circle. And if it looks like you, what are you going to do to change it? Thank you for listening to the Pineapple Principle Podcast. You can catch us twice a month on the second and fourth Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at Pineapple Principle and we're even on Facebook. I'd like to give a big thank you to my husband, Jimmy, for producing this podcast for me. And my son, Spencer, a.k.a. Southern Voyager, for the amazing music. Until next time.